This is Alan Schimmel for DevOps.com and Security Boulevard, and welcome to another chat. Today's guest is Ronnie Osnott, VP of Marketing for Aqua Security, uh, one of the leaders in the uh, container security market. And Ronnie, welcome to our DevOps chat. Thank you, Alan. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thank you for being here. So, Ronnie, the, the big news out of Aqua recently is a you know, by any by anyone's yardstick, uh, a, a large raise of capital to fuel Aqua's continued growth. Yep, that's correct. We uh, raised $25 million in a Series B round uh, led by Lightspeed Venture Partners, which is a very, very well-known Tier 1 VC. Yep. Uh, and it's, it's I, well, to the best of my knowledge, it's the, be- the biggest... Uh, uh, funding round in our space uh, in continuous security to date and uh, also brings total funding uh, for us to $38.5 million. Uh, so we're, I think, in a pretty good position to uh, capture what we think is a tremendous opportunity in this market. Sure. And and so, Ronnie, we were talking off mic prior to recording today. You know, beyond the, the sheer magnitude of the number, right? 25 is a big number, 38 is a bigger number. But beyond that, there's also the validation, which is you assume a company like Lightspeed Ventures, Microsoft Ventures is another investor in the company, Shlomo Kramer, of course, Mm -hmm. from Checkpoint, another investor. You would assume these people are pretty bright people and they don't throw their good money away. That if they're investing this money, they invest it for two things. Number one, they see the opportunity in the market. So the market itself is ripe and, and worthy of that sort of investment. And then number two, that the team and the product at, at Aqua are also worthy of the investment. Let's first talk about the market if we can, though. I mean, so this is a validation, I think of the container security market, if you will, right? That containers are real, that securing them are real, and there's going to be a a big market for that coming up. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, definitely. And we, um, you know, when we started Aqua uh, just under two years ago, um, we didn't quite know how fast the market would move and what kind of market it will shape up to be. And fairly early on, even when we were in beta in, in um, early 2016, it became fairly obvious that this is an enterprise market. That is that, you know, some of the biggest adopters of uh, container technology are not just, you know, Silicon Valley startups or web scale companies that kind of invented this, but, uh, you know, Fortune 500 enterprises across verticals like financials, insurance, uh, retail, uh, aerospace, manufacturing, and so forth, and uh, as well as government. And so, uh, you know, paradoxically, paradoxically, you would expect this kind of new uh, technology to be uh, first adopted by startups, startups but the, the, real, um, the real boom in, in adoption comes from the fact that enterprises are adopting it very quickly. Um, and I think there are several reasons for that. One is that the benefits of using containers are overwhelmingly positive and, and, and the benefits are pretty immediate. So you can see uh, 
benefits in agility in terms of how fast you can deliver applications to the market. Um, you can see uh, benefits in moving to the cloud um, and reducing you know, infrastructure costs and oper operational costs. Um, and, uh, and you can see a much better control over uh, what kind of applications you're deploying, where and when, et cetera, a large degree of automation. So uh, these benefits are overwhelming. And, not, and additionally, uh, containers are easy, right? So it's, it's, you know, one of the things that made containers, which in itself um, is not a new technology, it's been around for a while, but, you know, what, what companies like Docker did is make uh, containers very accessible and very usable. And so, the fact that they're easy to use make makes adoption uh, easy as well, and you know, and you kind of see a pincer movement of, on the one hand, uh, grassroots adoption through developer and, the, and DevOps teams uh, of containers, so they develop applications using containers, and on the other hand, uh, you're seeing a top-down approach of, you know, CIOs, CTOs seeing the benefits of containers, um, adopting them um, or, or mandating uh, their use for, for example, uh, cloud native applications to drive um, cloud usage, uh, hybrid cloud, cloud migration, all of those good things. Absolutely. So Ronnie, I, you know, I'm proud, I'm granted, I'm not as involved in container and container security as, as you are, obviously. But to me, a couple of different thoughts. Number one, in my uh, limited, granted limited uh, expertise, containers aren't that easy, right? I mean, I, I think when we talk about containers and then like Kubernetes and, and stuff to manage the whole environment, for someone who hasn't developed on them before and is used to developing, you know, let's say in VMware right, or in bare metal, there is there is some there's a learning curve, and maybe once you pick it up, it's easier. But the other thing is is I always try to compare sort of container adoption, let's say to hypervisor adoption or VMware adoption, and I would say that containers, their adoption curve is 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 higher or steeper, faster than than yeah. we saw with hypervisors. Um, That's correct. And really what I see, the last couple, we, you know, we're always doing surveys here at DevOps.com announcing the new Security Boulevard site. What we're seeing is, you know, we always saw people messing with containers, right? You did R&D testing, what have you. But the numbers of containers, the percentage of companies that have containers in product deployment, you know, in real frontline stuff, where it was geez, just two, three years ago is, you know, low teens, below 20%, is now climbing, getting near that critical mass number, right, of, of you know, 50% and stuff like that. And and that's that's huge, right? You, you're talking about early adopters moving the mainstream in a matter of months. And, and that's, that's a, correct. You, I mean, yeah. that numbers you see as well? Yeah, we see that. Uh, and again, I mean, you know, I don't think this would have been the case if containers weren't easy, as I said. I mean, there's always a learning curve with new technology, but I think, you know, if you're a new developer, a new programmer, 
uh, working today, um, working on you know a greenfield application, there's really no reason for you to use something that is not containers, um, unless it's something you know obscure uh, for for technology reasons. But but mostly it's it's a much easier way to develop applications quickly um, than uh, previous approaches, and I think. You know, if, if we look, if we take a broader picture, uh, containers, uh, the, you know, th this uh, adoption of containers uh, does not occur in a vacuum. Um, and we, we actually see a convergence of three trends that are kind of coming together and containers are probably the biggest enabler of those three trends. Um, and these trends are, are happening independently of each other. So, you know, one trend is one that you're very familiar with. It's the name of your of your site is DevOps. Uh, you know the, the proliferation of DevOps as a method, process, uh, organizational philosophy, etc., uh, which is all about uh, delivering applications uh, faster in a more continuous way, and containers make that easier uh, than before. Uh, another trend is. Um, the move to uh, microservices architectures, um, you know, for, for web applications or cloud native applications, uh, which is basically adopting what web scale companies like, you know, Facebook and Twitter and Netflix uh, started and now bringing into the mainstream. Um, that too is facilitated into, to a great degree by containers uh, because implementing microservices as containers is today probably the easiest method of doing that. Uh, I mean, there are, you know, there are certain the so-called serverless um, uh, architectures, et cetera, but they're uh, much uh, less mature than containers are at the moment. Not that containers are super mature, but, uh, but they're more mature. Yeah. Um, and the other, um, the other um, aspect is um, the whole kind of uh, hybrid cloud, um, cloud native, uh, movement where, you know, it took 10 years, but um, enterprises are adopting uh, cloud services in a very big way, including, you know, industries that you would never dreamed of uh, having uh, having on the cloud, on public cloud, like pharmaceutical, healthcare, uh, insurance, banking, federal, and so forth. So uh, all of these, and, and again, containers, uh, because they're portable, uh, because they can run anywhere in the same way, uh, they're uh, a, a really good way to realize this notion of hybrid cloud. Uh, for example, we at Aqua have a customer uh, who I, unfortunately I can't name, but it's a well-known uh, company. And um, they are, you know, for them, this is already a reality. They are deploying applications on both um, Amazon and Azure um, using the same framework, using the same security policies, uh, and in a way that makes these clouds interchangeable for them. So they can run application A on Azure today, and they can run the same application on on, um, on Amazon uh, to, uh, tomorrow. So that's, uh, you know, that's, that's a real change that we mm -hmm. see, and containers are a big part of that. So all of these things together, I think, are what's driving this adoption. And yet, you know, I think we have to distinguish between adoption and, and, and penetration or, you know, maybe some other word. Uh, but 
the fact is that today, if you look at the total workloads that enterprises are running, containers are a very, very small percentage of that. But if you look at any new applications delivered um, over the next five years, as well as uh, looking at uh, migrating legacy applications to, to the cloud, um, you'll see this uh, number growing exponentially over the next few years. So, so yes, in terms of um, you know the number of enterprises now either looking at, working with, or already deploying containers, that number is is growing very fast. And I think you know there's probably hardly uh, a large enterprise on the planet today that is not at least uh, thinking about containers and not already using them. Uh, but at the same time, you know, it's it's early days for them. They're they're most of them, not all of them, but most of them, the vast majority are looking at the first few applications uh, being deployed, and this is just you know the the first uh, drop of the first drop of rain before the deluge. So it's, sure. it's going to be it's going to be a lot bigger. Yep, Ronnie, couple couple of comments, questions, follow ups. So first of all, yes, DevOps containers, they seem to go like peanut butter chocolate. Again, so does microservices and 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 containers. But to me, the you know, I when I was a kid, a teacher once taught us that all spaghetti is macaroni, but not all macaroni is spaghetti. Sure. So it almost seems that you know, wherever you see containers, you see microservices. But you don't always see containers when you see microservices, right? That in some regards, microservices can be yet even bigger, right? It has even more of a use, a use footprint. Um, actually, on DevOps.com, we're we're launching a microservices channel, which we hope will eventually grow into a standalone site because I, I do think microservices is is that big and has the potential. To yeah, but microservices microservices is not a technology. Uh, containers are and microservices right. is an architect. Yeah, um, so fair enough. There's a difference. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, bringing it, it back and and of course cloud usage and all of that. But let let's turn for a moment and talk about you know the mission of securing containers and these the, all of these architectures and and platforms and so forth. And that's really yeah. what Aqua is. And when we talk about why they they invested money, these investors, not just because right. containers are so big, but because the mission of, of securing them is also big. That's that's true. So, yeah, I mean, when you look at um, – so, first of all, you know, we're not really – I mean, the fact that we're a container security company might allude to the fact that we secure containers. That's not exactly true. So, you know, we don't look to secure a container or containers. Uh, we look to secure the the workloads or applications that are running on containers, mm -hmm. um, and and that's that's a difference um, because and again here there are several trends that play uh, that come into play. One is really that uh, these things that I mentioned before the uh, the you know the, the the DevOps trends, the microservices architecture, and and moving to the cloud, um, they also affect how you can and want to do security. Um, you know, if we look at cloud first, when you go to the cloud, a lot of the basics, you know, the bread and butter security that you used to invest in um, as an enterprise disappears. 
Why? Because these are services that are already taken care of or provided by the cloud service provider. So, you know, when you run your applications on Amazon, um, you don't uh, really have to worry about things like data center security, infrastructure security, network security to a degree, um, identity uh, management to a degree. Um, and so a lot of these things are, uh, you know, they're basically taken care of for you. Uh, so the focus shifts to the application layer. Um, and, and that is one, one aspect. Another aspect, uh, which is a, a really positive one uh, for using containers, is the fact that since you are now breaking up the application into a, a bunch of microservices, you can have much more visibility and control into what the application is doing. Um, you know, if you look at an individual container or microservice, um, it's much easier to understand the intended function of that um, container or service, um, and uh, and and consequently be able to you know understand what is considered good behavior and be able to identify pretty easily what is bad behavior. Uh, and you do that at a very granular level. Additionally, if you look at the networking aspect, in a way, uh, the networking has been brought into the application in a, in a more visible way than before. Um, before you could have things done within the application that maybe a malicious um, actor did um, within the application, and it's all done internally, and in, it's a black box. You don't you don't have visibility into it until it actually gets out. Um, with microservices, you are able to uh, see the interaction between the different components of the application, uh, sometimes at a very fine-grained level, and again, be able to identify <coughs> any any kind of weird or uh, abnormal uh, communication between you know parts of the application that are not supposed to be communicating that way. So that's another uh, benefit. So these things uh, really allow us to um, to have a much more control and visibility over what the application is doing. The last piece is around DevOps, uh, which is you know often nowadays call uh, coined as DevSecOps, uh, which is the whole notion of shifting left security, i.e. Um, uh, bringing you know some of the control points not to the runtime environment, but to the development environment. And why is that? Because um, containers are also immutable, right? So if you're using containers correctly, you're not supposed to see any change in runtime environments. You're not supposed to see patching. Nobody's supposed to SSH into your uh, host that's running uh, containers. It's supposed to be entirely orchestrated and automated. And so anything that happens there is, is by definition, uh, not good. Um, but at the same time, you have the opportunity to uh, make the application more secure from the from the start, which is in in, in the development phase. Um, and that includes things like you know removing vulnerabilities, uh, ensuring the configuration is correct, uh, enforcing best practices. And if you can automate that, which we do, then you're winning, right? Because you're delivering a much more secure application to start with. You have a smaller attack surface, um, and then you, uh, and, and then in runtime, all you need to do is make sure that there is no drift or no, um, 
you know, unexpected changes to the runtime environment, which is uh, which would be considered uh, malicious or at least suspect. Got it. So, Ronnie, we're we're running a little low on time. We're we're actually out of time, but let's let's keep talking. Um, <laughs> So now we got you. What what are you going to do? How are you using the twenty five million? How what what's the plan? Right. So you know, in, in our short uh, in our short life of two years, uh, we managed to launch the product uh, very early uh, and get you know quite a few enterprise customers. Many of them Fortune one hundred customers uh, across many industries, and that's you know that sort of traction is what. Uh, is is you know what really made uh, Lightspeed and, and and the other investors invest in us, uh, and we need to continue this. The market is growing, right? As we mentioned, adoption is is growing at, at a, an accelerated pace, so we need to be there. Uh, that means um, you know uh, uh, investing in the quality uh, as well as the breadth and depth of our solution. Um, there is an, you know, containers uh, are not a singular technology. I mean, there's a, uh, there's a lot of variation in, in, in the, the stack, uh, not just in orchestrators and OSs, but in the container engines and engines themselves. And this will be uh, become even more, uh, more so over the next uh, few months as things like, um, um, you know, additional runtime engines are, are introduced and not, not just the Docker uh, open source runtime engine. Um, and so um, this uh, requires, you know, investing in, in the right uh, technologies and, and making sure that we can uh, fulfill the requirements of our, of our customers. Um, and additionally, of course, we need to expand uh, our presence, uh, both in the U.S. as well as uh, in other parts of the world. Let me talk to you about that a sec, Ron. So I'm going to assume U.S. probably represents at least 50% of your market. Is that about yeah. right? That's EMEA, correct, yeah. EMEA probably, EMEA, the lion's share of the rest. At the moment, yes. But Asia is also growing. That's you know, what I want to ask. What about AP? Yeah, Asia so Pacific. Asia Pacific is growing as well. Uh, there are a lot of container users in uh, places like Australia, China, uh, Japan, uh, and so forth. Um, and so this is, uh, you know, these are obviously big economies. There are big companies there. Um, they're as advanced uh, in terms of cloud adoption um, as the U.S. in some in some cases. So we we, we need to be there. Absolutely. Well, how do you, you know, so I was actually out at RSAAPJ this summer and uh, it was in Singapore and yeah, I had a chance. I, I actually put on a DevSecOps event there with RSA. So I had a chance to talk to many of the RSA attendees, some of the vendors and stuff. I mean, what's interesting there is your, your infrastructure, you know, even in Europe, AWS is an 8,000 pound gorilla, right? Correct. Um, where do you we we don't you know we don't see that in Asia Pack. AWS is still a player, obviously, you know, but there are other there are other solutions there. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that, go ahead. How how does that affect you guys, or how do you deal with it? 
Well, it affects us partially because um, mostly, you know, we're we're pretty much cloud agnostic, right? We run on all the major clouds. It's not a major effort for us to run on additional clouds. Um, you know, even today we support Amazon Azure, um, Google, IBM Bluemix, and so it's easy. It's relatively easy for us to support additional clouds, and it's not a. It's not, that's not the stumbling block um, uh, in most cases, right? Uh, it's more like things like esoteric OSs or weird configurations that we uh, that we encounter sometimes. But uh, in most cases, that's that that would not be an issue. Not to mention that a lot of companies are also running, you know, private clouds using you know VMware or other uh, types of uh, virtualization infrastructure. So that. Um, that is really not a not a stumbling block for us at all. Good, good, interesting, um, Ronnie. As I said before, we're way over time. I, I need to wrap this up. But first of all, congratulations on on the raise. I'm, I'm sure Aqua will has 25 million good uses for this money as well, and and we'll we'll see more coming down the pipeline in terms of both uh, functionality products as well as reach around the world. Uh, you know, always, always good to have you on. You have a great handle on where the container market is and, of course, where the container security market is. So thanks for being our guest today. We'll have you on again soon. Thank you. Thank you. This is Alan Schimmel for DevOps and Security Boulevard Chats. Uh, thanks for listening. We'll hope to see you soon on another chat. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye-bye.